The Startup to Scale-Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. My guest today is Yussi Mata, CEO and founder of the Finnish health tech disruptor Buddy Healthcare. Buddy's uh, SaaS platform enables hospitals and healthcare organizations to implement the best possible care pathways. Their platform forms an effortless communication link between home and hospital and automates the care coordination processes. Bud is actually the market leader in Finland, where they've sold to two thirds of the uh, Finnish public hospitals. And they've also sold to many healthcare trusts in the UK, Germany, France, and Italy. So uh, Yussi, welcome to the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan. Thank you, Gary. Great to be here. Likewise. Now, just to kick things off, tell me, how did you become a tech entrepreneur? That has been a long, long, long journey. Uh... To be, to be honest, I I have always had a passion or dream to become an entrepreneur. However, in my family, there hasn't been any entrepreneurs earlier. Like my parents, they were both workers, actually both were nurses. So that has been just my own own dream, dream for, for a while. I I studied information engineering in at the university. Then in 2005, I actually joined one of the first digital health companies in Finland. I saw how difficult the sales was, but uh, I still kept my dream. After that experience, I joined uh, one of the IT integrators in, in Finland and worked mainly in their Nokia business for five years in different roles, business development, project management, business management. In 2012, I, I started my first own company. We we had a plan to build a marketplace for B2B software solutions. That was a big aim, and uh, it was nice experience. But after all, I, I I call that being my entrepreneurial MBA. Did quite a lot of mistakes, weren't that successful. Learned a lot. Actually, after that, I I joined one of the uh, one another health ID company in Finland as a business developer. That company was uh, developing identity and access management solutions for health, healthcare organizations. And basically with them, I, I had a road trip in the US in 2015, where I met a couple of hospitals. And none of them were really interested in what I was selling on that time. But I ended up in a discussion with one hospital in the Midwest who started telling me about their challenges with their new outpatient surgery center. I got somehow interested of these challenges, came back to Finland and learned that the problems are actually universal. And then one thing led to another and I was able to start my own own startup. And now now so far it looks that it's paying off as well. Hmm. I'm intrigued because it sounds like you were at Nokia during the Nokia heyday when they were actually one of the world's greatest companies, strong brand, before they kind of got knocked out by um, Apple, really. So uh, you've also worked in, in startups and learned lessons from there. Are you in some way combining the great lessons you learn 
from the quality side of Nokia when you were there with the lessons you've learned from being in a couple of startups, one of your own and one where you joined and worked for a different one? Or are you really more drawing on the startup lessons in the way you're running Buddy Healthcare? That's a question I have never heard before asked or answered. I think that we are more applying applying the lessons learned in, in startup world. Uh, of course, they like being in a in Nokia or telecom business, that's a big business. They have huge quality organizations, but I also see that, that can, those kind of make hospitals also really, really stiff and, and, and agile. And the thing being in, in startup and in, in own companies actually being agile. So therefore, I think that I've been able to use learnings from startup world more, more than in, from Nokia world. Yeah, so the agility is really important for you. And, and and how do you get this kind of agile culture and ethos right the way across the company? Because agile is often used as a way of describing the engineering and product design and development side of things. But it can also, in a startup or scale-up, be really important for the entire culture of the business across sales, marketing, etc so how are you kind of integrating agile ideas and processes right the way across the business that's relatively easy like yes as you said uh, agile is typically applied in product development but on the other hand as at the same time when you are when you are developing a product in a startup you are developing your sales you are developing your marketing engine you are developing your leadership engine and they all have similarities. You have to develop, you have to try it, you have to see the result, and then you have to iterate. So so I think that you can easily apply that in, in whatever function you have you have in a, in, in a company. Interesting, what I have to have to mention is that being in a very stiff organization or a big corporation like in Nokia, but on the other hand, what I have learned is that healthcare as an industry is even more more stiff. I would say that the being agile in healthcare is easy for a company, but it's easy. It's not easy from business point of view. Like when you are selling, when you are trying to reach customers, six months, twelve months, eighteen months, nothing means anything to hospitals or healthcare organizations. So although although you try to be agile, you may end up in a situation that you are agile, but nothing moves forward, and you cannot really just iterate because you want to iterate. Sometimes you also has have to wait, and that's really cumbersome in, in healthcare industry. Your time dealing with the telco operators must have been <laughs> quite informative for that. A long time ago, I was in Lucent Technologies. I'm not sure if it overlapped with your time at Nokia. Lucent was not exactly the most agile business out there, to be honest, but their customers the Vodafones of the world, the Telefonicas of the world, were so slow in their procurement processes. And I think healthcare, yeah, similar uh, procurement cycles, uh, unfortunately. But uh, tell me tell me about the name of the company. How did you come up with that name? That's, again, a nice story. So when we founded Body Healthcare, we actually developed the first version of the product with one children's hospital in the Midwest, in the U.S., we were really building 
building the company for U.S. markets. We think that uh, we thought that U.S. is ready. Uh, we want to be there. Some somehow it built all natural. And uh, as we were developing the solution for children's hospital, we didn't have idea what will be the future in the end of the day, and what will be our product. Who will be our customers? So we actually thought that we are developing a solution for children's hospitals. Somehow, when we did first sketches, first marketing materials, someone found an old teddy bear, and we actually ended up calling ourselves Teddy Teddy Healthcare. At some point, one of our lawyers then told us that, hey, you know, I would be really careful in, in using Teddy 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 bear or Teddy Healthcare. It might cause issues in the future, and I, I recommend you to find another name. Then we started discussing, okay, what would be our name, what, what we, how we are. While developing the solution with the children's hospital, the nurses, doctors, parents of young patients that we interviewed, they actually somehow described that this application that we are designing or they are describing to us. It should be kind of a party who's all the time telling what we have to do, supporting us around the clock. And so we actually started thinking about the party system that U.S. Army has is, is using. Like we are party for patients, we are party for nurses, we are party for patients' parents. And then we ended up having having the name Party Party Healthcare. In the beginning, it it sounded great, wonderful name. At some point, I started thinking like, is this too soft? Can we use this kind of name in in healthcare? Is this suitable for UK markets? Is this suitable for in Finland? Is this suitable in Germany? Like, should we have like name that describes us better what we do? But actually, a little bit a year ago, we we made a made a project with the communications agency, and we interviewed our employees. We interviewed our customers, like how are people at Body Healthcare? How do they behave? Who are they? How do they help? What are their values? How would colleagues describe body other bodies as a colleague? We came up with the words like really helpful, always supporting, keeping promises. Being down to earth while while at the same time providing something that they have never seen before, and uh, I started thinking that wow, this verse actually describes body perfectly. And since that, I have never thought that we should change the name. That's body healthcare for sure. So in a way, the name also defines the culture of the business to a large degree, or or maybe encompasses it entirely. That's been kind of an accident of course we have never think that we should hire this kind of people but i think that we had three founders in the in the beginning that's basically describing us as the people as well although we never thought about that and of course we've been hiring people that we think that are nice to work with that 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 fits in the company and also after after that exercise that we did a year ago i have actually started paying more and more effort also in the recruitment process that the people that we recruit fits in this criteria uh, that, that, that we can call them buddies as well. Okay. So um, we have to bear that in mind that the kind of people that are going to fit with the, with the culture are going to have some kind of buddyism in their, uh, in their makeup, in their persona, in their behavior. Walk me through the last two to three years and what kind of a journey you've been on, first of all, with the pandemic and more recently with the war in Ukraine. Yeah, the first three years, last three years has been definitely 
interesting, somehow challenging as well, of course. When the pandemic started, we we really realized that hospitals stopped buying. They had so many other things to plan and I think that basically the buying buying stopped. Of course you can you can say that hospitals both virtual care solutions that we are providing as well during the pandemics, but initially they focused video consultations, solutions that can give an immediate help to their needs, actually keeping patients at home. So quickly we didn't see any any more interest among among hospitals, but I know that from strategic point of view and from future point of view, pandemics actually demonstrated that virtual care is needed. Virtual care is accepted by patients, by hospitals. I see that now, for example, in the UK, it has even speed up, speed up the implementation of, of new solutions. For example, not only due to pandemics, but Partly due to pandemics, uh, NHS is expecting the surgery waiting lists being 10 million people in the UK by 2024, and they need new solutions. They are not. NHS knows that they cannot educate any more doctors. They cannot build new hospitals. They have to be more efficient in treating and managing the waiting list. So hospitals need need new solutions. So in the end of the day, I think that the pandemics were positive thing for for our business, uh, for, for this industry. Luckily, being in software industry, providing solutions for hospitals, it was quite steady and the business was quite steady during the pandemic. So we didn't need to do any cutoffs. We did to lay off people. So it was like a plus minus zero for, for the first year. And now when actually in, in my mind, pandemics stopped on the day when Russia attacked Ukraine. And I think that you can see it also from newspapers. No one is not anymore talking about pandemics. It's all about Europe, war, Russia, Ukraine. And uh, we've been discussing about the situation with our Ukrainian developers for a couple of months. So I think that it was first time in the beginning of December when we discussed with them about the risk and about the situation. And, and they were really confident and positive that nothing, nothing much will happen, that it has been like this already since 2014. And, and we don't believe Russia really coming across the border. But so they did. I can't imagine how, how our developers in Ukraine felt because even I was first two weeks maybe after after the attack. I was honestly saying scared of the situation, uh, not not only in Ukraine, but also in, in Europe. Finland has 1,300 kilometer border with Russia. That what will happen next. Luckily, Ukrainians were able to defend their country, slow down, slow down the Russians. And uh, now, of course, war is, war is still ongoing and it will continue for a long, long time. But, but anyways, the situation is kind of stable uh, as, uh, as Ukrainians have shown their forces. When it comes to our team, in the beginning of the year, we had five developers there. One of them has joined the army. I just actually saw a nice article about him last week. So he's there working around the clock. And the re- remaining four guys, they are living on the west side of Ukraine. What I feel is that they don't really have 
that many other things to do than work. And I think that, of course, they are scared. Of course, they feel insecurity. They are scared because of their families. But but on the other hand, I think I, I've seen that they are really committed and motivated to work. I know and I feel how important it is for them to show that they can work and they also that they have to work. They have to they want to keep their customers happy in, in order to continue working, working with us. And I must say that I'm actually surprised to see how well they have continued after that. That's interesting. And you haven't needed to relocate anyone out of the country into a, a, a safer country or into Finland. Actually, that was our plan. That is what we offered already back in December. But when actually the day came and Russians came across the border, working age men cannot leave the country anymore. Yeah. And you know, being an entrepreneur can be stressful, even in normal times. Building a business, scaling a business can be quite an emotional roller coaster of a journey. I think what we've all been going through, first of all, with the pandemic and now with this invasion, even more so, I personally have found uh, an app called Balance, which I use every single day to help me be more grounded, to, to learn how to meditate and so on. And, and that's kept me kind of sane over the last few months. How about you? Have you got any tools or techniques or approaches that you use to calm yourself down and stay focused and grounded? Yeah, that's one of my favorite topics. Actually, COVID or pandemics also changed my life. Like uh, after after founding Body, I've got three kids. At the same time, when I founded Body, my first daughter was born. Uh, then I got twin sons in the beginning of 2018. And I'd be growing the company at the same time. And of course, building a business, growing the kids, uh, taking care of the family. I haven't got time to take care of myself. So actually, when pandemic started, I didn't need to travel. I didn't need to time spend time on commuting. I was at home. So I actually developed my own routine. In the morning, I bring kids to daycare. Then I continue running for six to eight kilometers. Then I, I'm actually living next to the sea. So after, after the run, I, I dip in the sea around the year. So... And, and then I run, run another two kilometers back home. And I'm at nine o'clock, I'm ready to start my working day. Really fresh, really energized. Brilliant. Well, I love that healthy approach to life. And obviously that physical side of things is helping you mentally as, mentally as well. So we've been talking about the past and the present. Let's talk about the future. What's your vision for Buddy for 2025 and beyond? 2025, we really want to be a market category leader in care pathway management in, in Europe, meaning that we have a major market share in the UK, in Germany, or in, and in addition to that, in, in some third market, we want to provide an intelligent care pathway platform to make patient process coordination as easy as possible. Finnish style is really pragmatic, really, really engineer mind. And also actually, actually how, how we many times describing our company is that Finnish style to do business is uh, undersell, over deliver. And whereas US style is that under, uh, oversell, under deliver. 
believe it or not, I, we want to a little bit go to the direction, like not overselling, but actually creating dreams. And that's the diversity we are also, what, what we need in our company. Powerful people who can share the vision with me, who, who can even a little bit set the vision and uh, say to customers that that's the direction where we are going to please follow us. Brilliant. Who would you say has inspired you most to be the type of person you are and to build the kind of company you're, you're building? That's really difficult question. If I can, if I can name one, one person. So I'm not following any public personas from that point of view. So I would say that mainly I've become a person like I am because of my own decisions and of course of my parents, my wife, the people with whom I have lived the majority of my of my life. But outside outside the family, I, I would say that there's one person who's uh, leading startup health. A startup health is uh, US-based, not an accelerator, but a network of health tech, health tech startups and their European leader, Aki Koivistoinen, is one of my mentors who has mainly helped most me during my during my business career at Body Healthcare, helping to be me, helping to understand complex things, supporting when there has been difficulties and, and, and all the time staying positive. Yep, I noticed a very supportive uh, comment from him on LinkedIn just last week, actually, uh, giving you a, a big pat on the back for some of the things you'd achieved and some of the challenges you'd overcome. So clearly he's been very important for you as a as a mentor. And I think all business leaders, tech entrepreneurs, any entrepreneurs really need coaches and mentors around them, even in what we might call normal times, if such a thing exists anymore, but even more so in these these crazy times we've we've all been living through. So it's great to hear that you have uh, you have someone looking out for you and and, and helping you continue in the right direction. You see, it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish you and the whole team at Buddy Healthcare huge success with your 2025 and beyond vision. Thank you, Gary. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. Head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high-impact senior talent.